Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Can you believe we are already in November and the season of Thanksgiving? I don't think there's any better time, however, to celebrate National Eye Donation Awareness Month than during this month of gratitude. We've had several episodes discussing the gift of sight and how impactful it is for recipients. But what amazes me is the sheer volume of how many corneal transplants are performed each year. According to the IBAC Association in 2021, more than 64,000 cornea donors made nearly 80,000 corneal transplants possible. Another nearly 22,000 were used for research and training, which is so important. These numbers are staggering, but for me, it comes back to the number one. And that is the one person whose sight was improved or saved by this miraculous gift. Hi, you're listening to episode 112 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. We are honored to have two guests with us for this episode, Lee and Larry Elmore. Hi, Lee and Larry. Thank you so much for being willing to talk with me. Good morning. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, well, we thank you and we are so appreciative to Eversight for introducing us. Yes, I'm very grateful to them for so many reasons. Well, that's a great point, Lee, and we'll start there. I know that you are a cornea transplant recipient. Can you share what caused your vision to fail? Well, I have Fuchs corneal dystrophy that I inherited from my grandmother. Usually you don't get symptoms until in your 50s. I watched my grandmother go blind from that. So I had much apprehension when I was diagnosed, but I had great care along the way. And we put that off until it was absolutely necessary. And one of the key factors was I failed my driver's test. Oh, wow. So um, now it was time (laughs) to, uh, I had never done that before. And, um, but how was my vision impact? Yes. I couldn't read the street signs. I couldn't see things both up close or far that everybody else could see. So after my transplant, one of the things that I knew I was better, I was sitting at the kitchen table and we have windows to our backyard and I saw a yellow finch fly into a bush across a distance outside the window. I never saw those before and I was so excited and I said, oh, you have to get the camera and take a picture. (laughs) So I was so elated and I knew then that I was 
making a stride because I I couldn't see the birds in the bush before. Wow. And uh, so I'm so grateful for the research that has been done and that enabled me to be a recipient. Thankful to the donor family. Thanks to LifeBank and Everside and their recovery procedures and the research that they've done and, and training physicians to be able to do the surgery absolutely, that I have. Absolutely. I want to go back a little bit, though. You, you mentioned that your grandmother had this disease. How was she affected by that? And how did that make you feel once you were diagnosed with the same thing? She had several transplants in the middle of the 1960s and that did not work. And that's when you had to stay in the hospital and blocks beside your head to keep you laying flat and still and all of that. And I watched her go functionally blind. Her eyes were just milky white. And she had great difficulty with that. So I was very nervous once I was diagnosed and thought, oh, this is not going to be good. But it is an inherited disease, and it has thankfully skipped my brother and others in the family, cousins. So I was very nervous about needing this surgery and how it would go, just based on watching what my grandmother went through. I can only imagine. uh, I can't deny that I was apprehensive, to say the least, but got great reassurance from my physician and grateful that it was available to me, that things were not available to my grandmother. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, look how far we've come. And I'm always, always, always so grateful that we live where we live, right? I mean, we have fantastic institutions uh, within a driving distance that really do change lives. It has greatly changed my life. I was able to pass my driver's test. Yay! (laughs) And uh, and I'm able to function so much better and enjoy all the birds that now come into the yard. You know, everything is clear. Enjoy my grandchildren. And I'm very grateful. And want to encourage, organ donation is so, so important for many reasons and without the research and donations. And I did ask because I'm an organ donor and yes, my eyes can be used for research. Oh, awesome. Yes. I did ask that question and of Eversight. And so it makes sure that my husband who's here and my children are aware that that's important. That is important. Not only making that donor decision, but then sharing that with your family, because really they're the ones that we'll talk to at, at that time. And so they need to be aware. That's wonderful. So share yeah. with us the transplant process. What was that whole, you know, the surgery and then afterwards, what was that like for you? Dr. McGannon, who's my surgeon, made it um, easy. He explained everything Um, I had great confidence in him and in the care team at the Cleveland Clinic. And um, I didn't know (laughs) 
that it, it requires a lot of drops and a lot of laying flat. I was not aware of that, but I didn't need to be aware of it till it was time. And they made it extremely easy for me to have that. And I had great confidence in him, especially when he said, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do this 20 years ago. So I knew he had had the training and was um, well-equipped. So I'm very, very fortunate because I had mine done when COVID was surging. So they couldn't do it. And I'm grateful to my husband because I had to have somebody with me. But they could not come into the building. So he had to wait in the car. Oh, and he my. had to stay there. So we packed him a lunch because he couldn't leave and um, or I couldn't have had the surgery. So they put protocols in place to keep everybody safe. But it was hard on him to have to wait in the car to ensure that I had a ride home and there was family with me. And so that was probably unique. Yeah, a little um, bit, a little bit. And I think you bring up a good point that, you know, you mentioned your grandmother was in the hospital and spent several days there. And really now it's an outpatient surgery. You're in, you go in in the morning and you're out later that day. And it's not as inconvenient as it used to be. No, but I needed cornea transplant in both eyes and I had cataract surgery at the same time. But as Larry would tell you, at one point, because of both eyes, I had 32 drops a day. At the worst, at the worst point. At the worst point. <laughs> Once the second eye was done, we added that schedule of drops. And I still have one drop a day yeah, now yeah. to prevent reduction. But, so, so without Larry being willing to help me keep track of all of that and to give me the drops, that made it easier. But the, yeah. the process, the actual surgery, it was great, actually. Well, let's um, let's talk to your Prince Charming. Let's talk to Larry and see yeah. what he thinks. You know, Larry, as somebody that is watching your loved one go through all this, did you notice that Lee's vision was deteriorating? Did you see that? Yes. Yeah particularly on trips and things like that, where she would continually point out that she couldn't read the route signs. She was sort of my navigator at times. And so when she couldn't read the signs, that was a bit of a problem. And the, the doctor at that time was very helpful in pointing out certain things that she wouldn't be able to see, such as driving into the garage. She said, he said, I bet you don't like parking on the right side of the garage. And she said, how do you know that? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, it's the condition of your eyes. And wow. So I, I knew that, I but I didn't know why. So it was all those things that it was just an accumulative effect. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Lee. What was your feeling about the surgery and going through that whole process? I, I get it. It is an outpatient procedure, but it's scary, especially when you're thinking about somebody's vision. How were you feeling during during the actual surgery and post-op? Well, we both have great faith. So I think, I think we were confident that it would work out just fine. But 
when you look at it, look back at what her grandmother went through, and then she had to live with that for 50 years. You know, it's um, something that is in the back of your mind, if not in the front of your mind. And, and Lee did very well with it, but every time you would go to have your annual checkup, you never know what's going to happen. And so her doc at that time kept saying, we're going to put it off as long as we can. And then he retired. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He then retired, and then we found uh, Dr. McGannon, and uh, and he continued that uh, philosophy of putting off as long as we could. So, you know, gradually you could you could tell towards the end here that the vision was beginning to uh, get worse at a more rapid pace. So then. When we went to get the uh, driver's license renewed for Lee, and she couldn't pass. <laughs> what was funny was they told her, you only need one eye. You only need to pass with one eye. Oh. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of an eye-opener in itself. That, that explains a lot of the drivers on 480, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she couldn't pass with either eye, and... Uh, and so then that's when the doc said, yep, it's time. So, um, you know, my feelings about the surgery is, number one, I don't like anything touching my eyes, so I couldn't imagine doing this. And I definitely don't like taking eye drops. So what I found out was it's a lot easier to give dry eye drops than to take them. The surgery experience itself, uh, Lee explained that I parked in the parking lot and they would give me periodic updates uh, via text. And it was very well organized. They were very helpful in getting me to the right place. And it was only a few hours and they would text and say it's time to pick her up. So, And I was right across the street from the building. So it, it, it was just amazing that I dropped her off in the morning, and in the afternoon, I could pick her up, and she could ride in the car and get home, and, and then she had to immediately go lay down on the sofa, and the clinic provided uh, beginning Excel spreadsheets with the eye drop schedules, and then when we got into the two-eye situation, I had to expand that, so I had a series of Excel spreadsheets. Wow. With the eye drop schedules. Uh, yeah. Complicated, number huh? Number one, you have, to, you have to stay around the house pretty much because uh, there, there's a lot to do, and that's uh, it's not hard. It's just making sure you um, stay on schedule. Yeah, definitely, works. definitely. Well, I'm so glad it worked. Like I said, it's the gift of sight is miraculous. So, Larry, why I have you share with me how these transplants have improved both your lives. I mean, not just Lee's, but yours as well. Well, in Lee's regard, she tells of the yellow pitch story. Number one, I had to keep my camera more close to the kitchen so I could take more pictures. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's not only the ability to see more clearly and see things that she hadn't been able to 
really noticed before. But it's the whole emotional uplift where it just flips your your whole attitude. Life has been renewed. And it's almost every day where she will still say, wow, look at that. Of course, there's some negative aspects to it. Oh, the grout is dirty. And all there's spots on the floor. So you have to overcome those kinds of things. But but they, uh, they're overwhelmed by the emotional uplift of being able to see things that she couldn't see before and the ability to drive again. And you got your navigator back. Got the navigator back. We have a lot more bird pictures than we did before, too. <laughs> love it. Love it. So, Lee. I'm sure your view is a little more dramatic, but how has it improved your life? It's restored my confidence in what I'm seeing. So confidence in myself that I can do things that I couldn't do before. And that is an emotional thing. And uh, my faith has grown through this process. Answer to prayers that my sight was restored and that I'm doing well and I was used to going to the eye doctor every six months, but I get to go a year now. You know, I'm back to just a regular schedule, and that is uplifting. Oh, yeah. um, Gratitude. And so I just focus on I'm able to do things and see things that I couldn't do before, and it's such a gift. I'm so grateful to all the people that contributed to that from LifeBank, Eversight, my doctor, and that the Lord was able to bring all that together is just amazing. It is. If you were able to speak to your donor's family, what would you share? Thank you. I am so grateful that they did that and that they were giving of themselves and they shared their family with me And I'm amazed at their generosity and kindness. And uh, if I could tell them that and try to tell them that in an anonymous letter, it is amazing that they were willing to do that for everybody else. It brings tears to my eyes that somebody would be that gracious and kind. And it's important that we do that to the best of my ability now and to my family's ability, that we continue to give back and hope that I can encourage others to be donors to the best of their abilities. Lee, I couldn't have said it better myself. We thank you for sharing your story with us today. And we wish you and Larry many, many years of happy road trips, seeing birds in your yard and enjoying your family, your grandchildren. And we thank you for being part of our podcast. Thank you for having us. And we wish you many years of continued success and research that helps those with needing transplants and grateful. And whatever part we can play to encourage people, we thank you for the opportunity. To the donors and, you know, as as recipients, it's it's a special gift that... You don't always um, get to uh, enjoy. So we enjoy the benefit of somebody else's gift.
Well, thank you, Larry. We, we appreciate it. And, you know, that's what we do every day. We're, you know, our mission at LifeBank really is to be that bridge from, you know, transforming death into a life-saving and a life-giving opportunities for others. And we don't get to see the recipients very often. We don't know who they are most times, but uh, we are blessed to be able to hear stories like yours and, and you inspire us. You inspire us in our work. So thank you both. I, I'm so grateful for you sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is dependent on it.